Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Xavier Lopez, who is a real estate developer and serial entrepreneur. Xavier, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it, um, and I hope I can be of any help today here. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And I can vouch for this man. He will bring a lot of value because he has already done it in my <laughs> life. So I know he will do it for this show right here. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay. Um, wow, it feels like I'm on a, on a, on a first date here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, my name is Xavier Lopez, like he said. I'm a residential uh, real estate developer. Uh, so I primarily focus on building single family houses um, just because, well, that's where the market has been heading the last two years. And we're still pretty aggressively building just because there is still such high demand, even though interest rates have gone up. Um, another thing that we uh, are into is actual business buyouts from the revenue um, that is succeeded by our real estate so whenever we finish a development project once everything is sold off and everything is is pretty much paid uh we go right ahead and use that money to then do business buyouts um that takes care of i guess what i do what i like to do for fun is i just to be honest i I like traveling a lot um i tend to do it a lot for business it just kind of goes hand in hand i'll say an extra three days in, in a place just to you know enjoy it uh, hopefully, you know, get some, get a tan. I'm, I'm looking a little, you know, like uh, I need a tan right now, uh, <laughs> even though it's the summertime. Uh, but other than that, um, that's, that's really, yeah, that's, that's what I like doing. That's what I do. And that's yeah, keeping it simple. There we go. There we go. Well, tell us a little bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day. And also you're a very young um, guy to have seen as much success as you have seen. A lot of 27-year-olds. 27, right? 28 today. 28 today. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, A lot of 28-year-olds don't see that level of success. So tell us a bit about your motivation and um, kind of the mindset behind your success. Uh, So I would say my motivation is nobody's going to do it for me. Hmm. That's what it is. Um, Everybody likes to, you know, daydream and say, oh, well, I have – Take, for example, every New Year's, everybody's like, oh, I have a New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. You know, I'm going to ask for that promotion. And in reality, most people do say that, but there's no there's no action behind it. Right. So that's always been my, I guess, motivational factor is nobody's going to do it for me. Nobody's going to tell me, hey, uh, here's how to do X, Y, Z so you can get, you know, a million bucks. Absolutely nobody right? Unless you're bringing some sort of value. So that's literally my biggest motivator is nobody's going to buy me that nice house. Nobody's going to send my kids when I have kids to a nice school. Um, Nobody's going to take, pay my bills. Nobody's going to do it for you. So you might as well get up, figure out a plan for the day and execute it. That's really it. 
Um, as far as getting to the position I am now, it's been a lot of leveraging uh, a lot of the relationships I have uh, and super delayed gratification because everybody's always, especially nowadays, because we live in such a, like a heavy social media space, it's always like, oh, I have to show that I have the nicest car and the biggest house and, and, and whatever the case is. Like, th that's just not it, you know? Uh, we started in real estate, my partner and I, uh, his name is Angel. We started uh, doing the, the flip and wholesale thing uh, in our early 20s. I mean, I'm 28 now, so we've been in real estate about almost eight years now doing that. And we've never realistically taken profits until we were continuously doing either six figures a month. And I'm not talking like, oh, we just made 100,000. I'm talking like 300, $400,000 a month to, for us to be comfortable and say, okay, we can now start paying ourselves. So it was definitely a lot of delayed gratification, which is very hard. I will admit to that. You know, I, I do enjoy my shiny things. I am an avid watch collector and those things aren't cheap. And I, I as soon as I see them, I buy them, but it, it was definitely, difficult to say hey this is for five years from now this is for 10 years from now um, you know when you're settled down and you actually want to start doing other things you can go right ahead and do so just don't take the money now mm. so that's pretty much been what's what's led me to the sort of path that i am now gotcha man i love that so a lot of delayed gratification leveraging the relationships that you have i'm just uh curious so how did you guys was it like you paid yourself out like a couple thousand a month to live or it was like literally no money out of the business just kept reinvesting it so yeah yeah no it was no money out of the business we both maintained jobs uh, as we were doing it when we were first starting doing it we didn't fully like stop working until like doing our i guess our nine to five until we started getting full-time into development that's when we really started seeing, you know, the $100,000 months go up to like a couple million dollars. Um, just because, well, at that point, things, things got really serious. You know, our investments went from, oh, well, well, we can buy three houses at a time to where the entire project budget is like $20 million. So it, it, it was definitely a huge leap and a, and a huge jump to where we were essentially treating our business of like flipping and, and wholesaling as a, you know, as just a, like a side thing. And we didn't really buckle down until we said, Hey, look, we want to make, not to say that, you know, making a couple million dollars a year is not real money, but we want to go into those bigger leagues. We want to start doing bigger projects and bigger things. Um, and until we got serious about that is when we started making the serious money, if you will. Yeah. So we didn't start paying ourselves. So, so until we started developing, pretty much. There we go. There we go. You guys heard it here first. You can keep your job and you can scale. Again, it's a lot of delayed gratification. It's a lot of, I assume, focus. Can you tell us a little bit about your, um, I think it's easy for people to lose focus. You know, you mentioned social media earlier. Tell us about how you focus, what works best for you to get effective work done. Planning on my day. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I like to consider myself very lazy. Um, so having a preset schedule saying, well, all right, uh, I can run you through 
at least my super hectic schedule back when we were flipping houses was waking up at five in the morning, going to the gym, getting ready to be at work by nine, uh, working until seven-ish, eight-ish sometimes, going home, showering, and then getting hopping straight onto the computer. Uh, it was the same thing for my, my business partner. Uh, he would wake up, I think, at three. At the time, he was uh, working for a university, uh, doing their uh, sports and exercise program for, I think, uh, the ladies' soccer team. So he would need to wake be at campus really early, like four or five-ish, something like that. Um, he would be done by like two. Uh, he would start working, eat, shower, go to the gym, and so on and so forth. So we, we had to maintain some sort of like strict calendar for ourselves. He's a lot more dedicated to, I guess, time management than I am. But I know that sticking to a schedule definitely helped me get to the level I am today. Now I, I definitely rely on people um, and just overall employees. Um, it wasn't like that before. Yeah, for sure. I love it. There we go. I think it's Dave Ramsey who says this. I'm not the biggest fan of Dave Ramsey, but <laughs> what he says about living like nobody else today so you can live like nobody else tomorrow, I think you're a great example of that. And that delayed gratification really sets you up well. So kudos to you, man. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. And I will say it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Um, that's, that's just what it is. But it, it'll you'll see the, I guess, the, the outcome of it a lot quicker than what you would assume. It's, uh, I believe it was um, Kobe Bryant that said, oh, I practice every single day for an hour, right? And then after six years, nobody will ever catch up to you. Yep. Exactly. So that, that's, that's really what it is. It's just making sure you're, you're practicing every single day, um, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right there with you. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. You've accomplished so much already. What's the vision for the rest of your life and uh, your business? Um, so as far as business, stuff is pretty good. Uh, on the real estate side, I do want to end up either owning or building a high rise. Um, that's just a dream of mine. And those are, I mean, you're talking like millions of dollars when you're coming into those kind of projects. Um, so that's definitely like a very big business goal. Um, I do want to IPO something as well. Um, that's just, you know, we'll see. I don't think anything that we do right now could be IPO'd. Uh, so we'll see. As far as like life-wise, to be honest, I'm looking more or so to like start settling down and, and start enjoying my time with my family and, and stuff like that. Um, this past year, I had the opportunity to, you know, not have to be involved in so many projects. So I started, you know, hanging out with my nieces and nephews and stuff like that. So it's just getting that time back that I had spent all those prior years deploying on learning this and doing business and all this other stuff. It's, it's finally caught up to where I can say, okay, I can spend an entire week with my niece. I can go to her dance recital and, and, and stuff like that. That's, that's really, yeah, it's just continuing that uh, process forward. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I love that. IPO ideas, do you have any just kind of in the back of your head? 
<laughs> uh, I don't. I know the quickest route to IPO, at least in my mind, would be something tech-based, um, just because those are heavy, like capital intensive. And if it's a good idea, I mean, you have companies, I believe, that are going through their series funding. And I mean, some of these companies are worth a couple million dollars after they got done with their series. I know going through like series A, uh, I believe I was actually doing notes on it earlier today because um, I am I am trying to get something IPO, at least doing my research on it. Uh, if you give me a chance, I can hear. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, so based on my research, a company that goes through series A is worth uh, valued at between 24 to 40 million dollars. So um, something tech-based, I don't know, we'll see. I don't have an idea yet. And if I did, I, I probably wouldn't share it. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Do you know <laughs> um, how long it typically takes for a startup to go from day zero to IPO? I don't. Um, I know they have to go through, sometimes they have to go through a series of different fundings because you have, you know, your pre-seed, your seed, uh, series A, B, C, D, and then usually when you get to D is realistically a, a billion dollar company. So at that point, it would just make sense to yeah. uh, go into an IPO and then just being listed. Um, but I don't typically know the timeline. I know that... I would say by the time you get to the series C, you're a pretty well-known company as it is. Um, I would assume it'd be operating now for maybe five years, maybe less, you know. I know that stuff with at least the metaverse, um, Web3 companies are going from literally pre-seed all the way to $100 million evaluations, $200 million evaluations um, just in their initial first round. So yeah. it just varies, you know. You find that unicorn, if you will, and you go from, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks, not a couple thousand bucks, but, you know, Uber, for example, was a unicorn and it's a billion-dollar company and it's not even that old. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, sure. I believe it just IPO'd like two or three years ago. Really? Uber did two or three years ago? I believe so, yeah. If not, it was, um, what's the other um, ride-sharing company? Lyft. It was gotcha. one of the two. Gotcha. I feel that. I feel that. Um, what about IPOing kind of Berkshire Hathaway style where you guys just acquire so many companies in your holding company and development company that you just take it public? What the holding company or just any company in the portfolio? Um, I don't I don't know exactly the structure of Berkshire Hathaway, but I mean they just own a lot of businesses, right? And they just kind of they started out as a really small business they acquired and then they just went public with it eventually. Um, I personally would want. I'm a huge believer in separating everything that you have. Uh, both for just you know, liability reason um, and 
I personally, again, I could be completely off on this and maybe keeping everything together and IPOing the, the holding company would be the best solution. Uh, but I personally believe if we are gonna go into uh, do an initial public offering and go through the hassle of all that, I, I would want it to be a fantastic idea that's not connected to everything else. Yeah, I feel that. Because now, you know, now we're talking investor money, uh, whereas all the other companies have no investor money uh, put in place. Everything has been, you know, my partner and I and all of our, you know, combined resources have bought out companies and stuff like that. So I wouldn't want to mix the two. Makes a lot of sense. I respect it. I respect it. Well, awesome, man. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person that would really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals of owning or building a high rise and IPOing something or settling down and enjoying time with your family. Who would they be and how would they help you out? So the obvious uh, to push, I guess, uh, the next envelope in business to me uh, Everybody loves him, Mr. Elon Musk. Um, just, I think everything he does is, is, is wonderful. And if we ever needed to raise any sort of money, I'm pretty sure a lot of people will give it to him within 24 hours notice. Yeah. Um, so him business-wise, I, I know just his overall presence and just everything he's done for every single business he's ever partaken would definitely put us to that next level. Um, as, as far as real estate, um, to be honest, I know a couple people now that could help us get into that sort of space, um, but it, it just takes more money. I don't personally like to be leveraged that as much as you know traditional investors or syndicators. Um, so that's why we essentially started doing those business buyouts and starting using the revenue of those businesses to start funding our projects is because we, while yes, we're still taking a lot of risk using our own money, uh, we're not leveraged. So if a project goes south, you know, it goes south, there's no investors that we need to address or anything like that. Um, so it's just about earning more money and figuring out what the right partnership would be. Gotcha. Gotcha. There we go. And so because you want to go in with less leverage, it is that some time, increase your income, maybe buy out some more businesses, finish a couple more development projects, and then you'll kind of be ready to take right. that step. Right. There we go. Awesome. Well, what about the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams? To help me accomplish yep. my dreams. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Figuring out a way to actually like lend a helping hand, if you will. So what I mean by that is you ultimately don't know what my problems are, right? You don't know if I'm having issues with um, getting supplies or uh, working with a, a really good CGC and a new market that we're going into. It's just, I guess, would be figuring out what sort of pain points that I'm currently experiencing and figuring out the solution for those, right? And this could apply for you. It could apply for anybody, right? 
let's say you want to work for somebody, right? That's does bigger projects or is essentially own, owns owns a business and you want to essentially start working for that business. It's just figuring out, okay, what are the pain points that these people usually experience and what can I solve for them? Right. And that'll either land you a job or land you some money. Cause you, you save a problem. You take a problem away from me. There's a likelihood I will pay you. Yeah. You know, that's why there's so many different people in different industries saying, look, social media, social media marketing management and marketing right? You can land a job by doing someone else's content for free. And then because they like the content that you did for them, they'll give you a job, they'll bring you on staff, or they'll contract you and pay you to continue doing the content. Yeah. So it's just figuring out, I guess, what my, what my pressure points are and what I, I'm currently experiencing is kind of like a headache. There we go. And so identifying pain points um, for the average person, who maybe can't get close to you right now, or they're trying to identify pain points for somebody they can't get close to, what would you recommend? Would you recommend doing research, just going up to that person, getting close to them and asking them, how would you go about that process? Um, so it's, I would say go industry-wide, right? So right now, real estate, if you wanted to go into real estate, right? This is why a lot of, I would say people, when they get into real estate, they go be an agent or a wholesaler, whatever the case, right? Because there's an issue with supply. So industry-wide, everybody has issues with deal flow or just finding a decent enough deal that'll underwrite correctly. Not, you know, these some of these prices that some people are getting and I'm getting myself for land or for a house or whatever the case is. So that's an industry pain point right there. You figure that out, people will pay you for that. Right. Let's say you wanted to hop on the Joe Rogan podcast. Right. That's a bit of an extreme one, but figuring out, OK, this is a content based company. OK, so usually people run out of ideas. You get creative blocks no matter what. You can be a writer. You can be whatever. You will run into some sort of block where you can't figure out what you do, like what to do or what sort of content to push out. Start filling in those gaps saying oh well have you done this have you done that create articles or just content overall or stitch their previous content together send them out because they need to maintain a certain timeline to be able to post it's just what it is right so it's just a figuring out i guess industry pain points and then working from there if you know people personally then they will gladly tell you what their pain points are, you know, passing through conversation. Oh, Hey, how was your day? Oh, well, my, my day has been terrible because X, Y, Z. Yeah, there we go. So if you know them personally, go ahead and go for the ask. If you don't go industry wide, look at pain points. And I think a good way to do that is what are like the basic units that move things forward. Everybody needs deals to make money. If they have a bottleneck around their deal flow, that's something simple you can solve for simple, maybe hard to do, but, it is simple. Um, so yeah, there we go. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. First question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Uh, my favorite movie, it's actually a Disney movie. Uh, very old. Uh, it's called Treasure Planet. Really? I've never seen that one. 
It came out the same time Harry Potter did, so I didn't get that much attention. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Um, I can relate to it. Mm. Oh, that's just it. I feel that. Hey, there's nothing educational or anything behind it. It's just I, I, I like the movie. I relate to it. That's just it. That's enough for me. <laughs> well, awesome. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? Reading a lot. Mm. You read. You got to take care of your brain. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you read fiction too? No. Uh, Self help, finance, um, realistically, and anything that will teach me something new. Yeah. Or make me rethink about the person I am and and what I want to do or where I want to be. There we go. There we go. Love it. Um, so you got any books to recommend? I know you didn't answer their favorite book, but what are some of your kind of top self-help finance, entrepreneurial reflection, introspection books? Um, so one book I got whenever I started focusing on the, on buying businesses, uh, is called building an elite organization. And that was by Don Wenner. Um, he runs a lending company. Gotcha. Building um, an elite other one. Yeah. And it has pretty good knowledge. Some, some things in there are kind of like, oh, well, I could have thought of that, but it, it can serve as like confirmation to what you were already planning on doing, or it can give you an out of the box perspective and saying, okay, maybe he's doing it. It worked for him. Let me give it a try. Right. Um, another one book that I like is, uh, capital gains by chip gains, you know, chip and Joanne, mm-hmm. um, his book, definitely my business partner and I bought that when, uh, we were going through some tough times with our business. And I mean, he talks about, Hey, I had three businesses. I went off to Mexico to study and kind of clear my head and, everything was not going okay. So I probably shouldn't have gone to Mexico. And it gives you just perspective of maybe, you know, you're not the only one that's having a hard time with your business. It's emotional. You have really high highs and really low lows. It could be an everyday thing, but you just got to keep moving forward. And I I like that book because of that perspective is you got to sit down, have this realistic talk with yourself of like, figuring out all your problems that are in the business. What can you address? What do you need help with? If, it, if it's financial, how can we figure that out? If it's people, how can we figure that out? Um, so that's primarily why I like that book. There we go. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Cause it's easy to feel like as you're trying to build something and you just fail and fail and fail and fail, and then you're alone and you fail and you fail and you fail, it's really easy to get down on yourself and think you're the only person who has struggled like this, but it's kind of just the entrepreneurial journey. Like you got to fail to succeed. So, uh, absolutely. Well, our last question in our thriving three is what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Elon Musk and get help with that IPO? Oh, <laughs> so uh, I forget who has this theory, um, but it goes like this. You're always six connections away from the person you really want to meet. Yep. So it's just continuing on 
just furthering that to be completely honest i'm very active on, on linkedin um and i meet a lot of people on linkedin i've helped out a lot of people on linkedin and so on and so forth so it's just continuing that uh, you never know who realistically your friends know or who their friends know and so on and so forth so uh, at the end of the day, I am very much a true believer of that, just networking and just making sure you network correctly. Oh, yeah. No, I'm right there with you, man. It's so true. We actually had a girl on the podcast whose aunt talks to Oprah every week. Like her aunt, Oprah and Maya Angela were just best friends growing up. <laughs> and they still talk every week. And I have so many people come on the show and like, I'd really love to meet Oprah. That's the person I would love to meet. I'm like, we're honestly not as far away as you think. Like you're one guest aunt away from Oprah. It's yeah. so for you, you're two connections away from Oprah. Yeah, literally. So wild. <laughs> so and you're three. Oh. Yeah, and, there you go. <laughs> and I Oprah definitely knows somebody who knows Elon Musk. So you're probably five away from Elon. There you go. <laughs> well, awesome. Now we're gonna jump into you our never know. Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, I said, you never know who your friends know. Exactly. Exactly. And now we're going to jump into our kind of last segment of questions. It used to be one last question, but now it's a series. And okay. so uh, it requires a bit of pretext. So I need you to kind of stick with me as I'm giving you the pretext. Okay. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that causes that switch is a personal choice that happens after either inspiration, extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. What are your thoughts on that? Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? I do. Uh, I extremely agree with that. Um, so we started operating because of extreme desperation. We didn't continue forward because of, ex so we got, so it's funny you said that. So we got started because of extreme desperation, right? We continue to grow and scale because of aspiration. So extreme aspirations, right? And we're at that point now to where it's, it's just second nature. So I 100% agree with that. You know, our circumstances of why we started flipping houses and why we started doing getting into real estate was because, A, at, at the time, yes, while we were working, we were still college students uh, who would, you know, college students don't make that much money. Let's, let's be honest. Right. And we were going out and, and we were partying and, you know, there went our, our week's worth of like wages. Right. So yeah, we pretty much realized like. Yeah, so pretty much we were like, this isn't this isn't sustainable. If you do want to continue to do this, then you know we need to do something else. We need to figure something else out, right? We have, not to say that we were drunks, right? But there there was a beer budget that exceeded the food budget, right? So that's definitely because we wanted to continue on, on some sort of path, right? We needed to change everything. Yeah. We needed to change. You know what we did if we were going out if we were gonna go out uh how much we were gonna spend or are we just gonna go out to just let's go dancing and not drinking and then that that increases you know uh the other budget or it's once we started doing like our real estate stuff 
every single dollar that came in went into the real estate. We stopped partying. We stopped, you know, hanging out with friends. It would just be me and him literally in our living room, sitting down on our computers, trying to figure out a deal or trying to source a deal or trying to negotiate a deal and figuring out how to get the money behind it. Uh, and because we knew that we were spending all that money on that, literally all of our money on this, that we needed to be successful or else we wouldn't eat. We wouldn't have rent. We wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have that. So it was out of extreme desperation that we just kept saying, oh, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. So yes, I 100% agree with that. Some people get truly inspired. We were unfortunately the other case, you know, but it, it does work out. Yeah, for sure. I feel like most people are the desperation case because it's a big motivator and a lot of us don't go out of our way to get inspired. And usually you have to go out of your way to like seek inspiration and like be open-minded to that. A lot of us are too close-minded. We need that desperation to kind of wake us up. Um, great. That's our next cool. question is given our extreme inspiration or desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't given that same extreme inspiration or desperation? Comfort. That's, that's really what it is. Are you at a point where even I would say at your worst level, it's still pretty comfortable for you? I hope I'm, I'm conveying it correctly. So it's about like having that safety net, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for us, while we did have our parents, right? We just were too stubborn enough to ever ask for help, to ever say, oh, hey, um, you know, we need money for food. We need you know, realistically, we wanted just to go out and party, but um, we just got to a point where we were so stubborn to say, okay, look, I'm not going to call my mom. You're not going to call your parents and they're not going to send us money because we need to figure this out. And, and that's what kept us moving forward. Some people could take extremes, you know, oh, I'm about to be homeless. Oh, um, you know, my family kicked me on. They want nothing to do with me, right? It, it doesn't have to get to that sort of extreme for you to realize like, have that moment click in your head of like, oh, I can figure this out. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's just pretty much it. You don't want to get to those extremes, but some people need to get to those extremes to, I guess, for it to click in their head. Mm, I like that. And I like that you said comfort because our next question is that some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger consistent amount. What do you think establishes that breaking point, that threshold, and can it be influenced? Um, so as far as inspiration can be influenced. Um, so one way of doing it is living above your means. By no means do I recommend it, but let's be honest. If you are making, let's say $10,000 a month, and $10,000 a month, you can afford to buy a Lamborghini. Is it the smartest financial move to do? Absolutely not. Because the no will probably carry about maybe 4,000 bucks. But guess what? Now you have $4,000. That is 40% of everything that you make a month. You're going to have some inspiration to turn that $10,000 into $20,000 to make sure you're not, you know, have bills breathing down your neck. Yep. So that that's one way of thinking about like forced inspiration or pretty much you're like what did i do oh my god why did i do this i can't go back i gotta make more money right 
Yep. And that's that's a good thing, right? You you got to a place to where you think, hey, I can I can spend all this money on this car and great, right? Um that can be forced. As far as desperation, I guess it's a it's a mix of both, right? Because once you start and I'm just speaking, I guess, in a sense of once you start making money, desperation really comes when you feel like you're you're messing up. So you, uh, for us, whenever we went over budget, we started self-doubting and we were like, you know what, let's just get this done. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, it's probably not the best example of, that I'm giving right now, but they can definitely be recreated. Um, a lot of people go through like that imposter syndrome. So they feel like they need to compensate for it. So I guess that, that would be my best way of answering your question i hope i answered it yeah yeah no i feel that i guess i want to clarify a little bit here so like you said um desperation comes when you feel like you're messing up and so you kind of um you know you move on you change you fix something living above your means can inspire you but i was more getting at like what is the so like some people would need a lamborghini to be inspired some people would need a rolls royce to be inspired some people would need a just 2022 Toyota Corolla to be inspired. So what, uh, what decides that threshold of how much inspiration or how much desperation you need to actually make that switch? And can the threshold itself be influenced? You know, like when you're 30, you may need a 2022 Toyota Corolla, but when you're 40, you may be like, okay, now I need a Rolls Royce. Can something kind of change that threshold? Um, usually I would say your friendships. Mm. 100 percent um who you hang out with actively will definitely make you feel like a you're either falling behind and not doing what you need to be doing or it leads you to say okay well john made hundred thousand dollars this month let me sit down with john and let's figure out how i can get one hundred thousand dollars that's the inspiration side of it right versus if you're not asking for help then you're like scrambling because okay john made a hundred how the hell did he do it pardon my language and how can i do it so your friend group is definitely a a huge indicator of where you're gonna be that's that's pretty much it all the friends i have currently own multiple businesses they're not just in real estate some are doing way better than I am. Some are doing the same and some are just getting started on their, you know, overall journey. They've had a business, they want to expand and, and so on and so forth. So, so none of my friends are not essentially in my friend group are not, um, I guess, not business owners. Every single one of them is doing something at a high level and has done something at a high level for quite some time now. Yeah. Yeah, no, there we go. I love that. I think your friendships, environment, the stuff that you allow to kind of come into your head, even when you said um, with the reading, like taking care of yourself, taking in good quality information, I think is another thing of like kind of all those inputs, you know, lead to the outputs. And so if your inputs improve, your outputs will improve. So I like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, I got one last question for you now. So okay, I'm going to in Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. 
He says, the laws are to make the behavior change obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. With this context in mind, how can we create an environment that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for people to make the choice that will change their life? Huh. You know, it's a difficult question for me because I like to maintain constant, constant pressure on myself to be able to perform. Um, I would say it's, it's start. See, the, the thing that troubles me is the easy part because nothing about changing who you are as a person is ever easy. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess for some context on that, he talks about making it easier than the opposite. So it doesn't have to be that changing who you are is easy. It's just easier than staying the same. If that helps at all, it might, okay. it might not. Yeah. 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 So having I, I, essentially it's either work eight hours a day for somebody or work eight hours a day for yourself. And then I, I look at it on a financial standoff. You can make, you know, $8,000 for yourself or make, $4,000 working for somebody else. Um, to be honest, just, I, I would say if it's within your means, moving to an area that you want to essentially be living in, if that makes any sort of sense, right? So if you can afford to, let's say, move into that apartment that's in a really fancy area, right? Um, I would recommend to do so. It's, yes, it, it'll be a financial strain, hopefully not, right? If you're decided to do this, but you start surrounding yourself with these sort of people, you start building these relationships up. And if you're automatically a person that likes to speak with everybody, you're going to nurture some pretty great relationships that will eventually lead into your overall mindset changing. Um, another thing I know everybody hates going to the gym, but is realistically going to the gym, um, it helps you focus. It helps you build relationships. Everybody's there under the premise that, Hey, I want to make myself be better. So it's, it's just surrounding yourself in that sort of atmosphere that will eventually pay off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I, I completely agree. I, I want to take this a step further. And so we're, uh -huh. tell, we're telling people listening to the podcast to go to an environment. How can we bring the environment to the people listening to the podcast? So I'm thinking when I drive through the streets of Austin, I see homeless people. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. I see people who are just kind of standing on the street corner. They're not really doing anything. And that level of environment's really low. Not a lot of stuff gets done. No money exchanges mm -hmm. hands, et cetera, et cetera. How can we up the baseline standard of society like what can we do as people who are like um you know more proactive have a kind of we dream a little bigger right what can we do to change the mm -hmm. environment such that it's hard to exist as somebody who is like just okay with poverty does that make sense does the question make sense yeah uh, it does it um, might be impossible I... but no, no. Uh, so it, it definitely leans into a little bit maybe political, um, yep. but 
I would say at the end of the day, it's definitely being a, a helping hand, right? You and I met because, well, I message everybody. I try to have some sort of conversation with everybody I meet. And, and I guess it's just, you can bring those resources to use just by simple hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I like your shoes. Hey, I, I like your hat. You know, that's, that's all it is. Uh, that's how I believe you can bring that, that sort of opportunity to you. I'm not saying it's going to happen like tomorrow or the next day or overnight, but, you know, people tend to like friendly people. That's just what it is. And honestly, that's, that's realistically, that's all I have. A lot of my like bigger projects and a lot of the bigger paychecks that I have been able to obtain were because I sat down, I had a conversation, you know, and that developed into a really long-standing friendship um, that led to opportunities. Awesome. There we go. There'll be a helping hand. I love it. And that kind of takes us back to the beginning of the podcast where it was like, go find a problem and solve it. Identify a pain point and help somebody out. So there we go. Yeah, no, it's always about being helpful to whatever it is don't i wouldn't say go out and say hey xavier what's your problem what are you doing on i'm not going to tell you right but it's just having that conversation and, and realizing like everybody's here for their sort of purpose right and i'm a huge believer of just sitting down with everybody and saying okay well hey listen what's your purpose maybe i can help you with it having a nice conversation nobody ever Unfortunately, because of everything that happened with COVID, everybody's still kind of like, mm, you know, nobody realistically hangs out anymore. And, you know, that's something I take pride in. It's actually going out, meeting people or taking my all my team out to lunch and just hanging out and stuff like that, because great ideas happen from that. Great ideas happen from breaking bread or just sitting down and just enjoying a nice conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Well, awesome. Xavier, thanks for coming on the show, man. No, thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you or, you know, providing any sort of advisory to you or just realistically just hanging out. Uh, um, I enjoy the conversations and, you know, I'm, I'm here to help whenever I can. There we go. There we go. And is there anything you want to chat about before I finish the sign off? Um, I want to say something. I, I would say always continue on believing yourself, believing in yourself. Sorry. Because um, you never know how far you're going to get. Yeah. That's, that's realistically it. You know, I never, when I was in college, I never thought I would be doing all these real estate projects and own a, a bunch of different companies with my best friend. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that any pro athlete you know at the moment didn't realize unless you know you have that you know thing in you that says hey i'm gonna be this person right um and i i, I would like to say believe in your dreams like a child believes in theirs yeah because they think everything is possible and it's not until you start becoming an adult is when you start seeing oh well this is hard i have to go to school i have to do this i have to do that Yep. So just sticking away from, from your belief that everything is a problem and start thinking about it like a child, pretty much. It's 
a great thing. Yeah. Well, there we go. Believe in yourself and um, believe in your dreams like a child believes in theirs. I think that is a great point to end on. Well, awesome. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Xavier had to say, make sure to hit him up on LinkedIn. His profile will be in the show notes. He does reply on there. He will message you back and you guys will be on a call. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, go ahead and reach out to him. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.